It's the high school football game of the week. Listen, man. Tonight is the night. Then make the night for yourself. Not one, but two of the best games in the triad every Friday. All comes down to today. Catch the action on WTOB 980 AM and 96.7 FM. Who got my back? Or tune in to our second game on WCOG 1320 AM. Both games powered by TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, your home for triad sports. Season begins August the 20th. This should be played at high volume. Vickers blocking his teammate, white flag this time, one to go. He's got to block two teammates to win it though. Welcome back to the Pit Stop Parents Back Road Sports Radio.com. The Madhouse was a pretty crazy rocking stadium on Saturday night. That one was probably one of my favorite weekends we've had so far at Bowman Gray Stadium. And I'm not going to lie, of course, everyone on the show knows this by now. I like the Sportsman Series. That's my favorite series. So when we get to see a 100-lap race at the Sportsman Series, of course I'm going to be tuning in, and of course I'm going to be paying a little bit more attention. But for those who are modified guys, right, for those who prefer the modified guys or gals who tell me modified is better, I've had people tell me at the track modified is better, do you really want to tell me after what we had on Saturday night Are you still thinking modified is better? I don't think so. We haven't had nearly as much action um, in these past couple weeks with these modified races. And yes, we did get some pretty crazy events in the modified series about a month ago. And I understand that with the car going up over the railing. And that's pretty insane, but that's also not very safe, right? So necessarily um, unsafe driving is not necessarily fun driving. Now that was cool. Nobody got hurt. So we're going to move on from that. It's not something we need to worry about, but that sportsman 100 was great. It was, it was an incredibly um, impressive race from, from the start all the way to the finish. Even though we saw what I would say for the long time, uh, Justin Taylor was just kind of holding on there. He was just trying to chill and he was just kind of sitting there um, for as long as he possibly could, which Obviously, he did a pretty decent job of it. Um, in fact, that's color, uh, colors, colors Edge Sportsman 100 actually ended up being 113 laps due to a whole bunch of mess that happened, especially right towards the end there. But let's just go ahead and let's get into breaking down this race, right? So we started off, it was Tommy Neal, right, in second row, right alongside, I'd say, one of the most qualified guys to be right up front anyways, um, Spencer Martin and Tommy Neal just right up there, right up front, ready to go. And I think they even had a false restart, if I remember correctly. They had to go again. Or no, excuse me. That was that was the Modified Series. We actually saw that twice in the Modified Series. And at first, they shuffled around. They were able to get into that line drive and just keep going and, and single-file lines trying to pass each other. And we did see some positions lost and some positions gained by different drivers and things like that. Amber Lynn was able to cut through the field uh, quite a bit there. But the action really started to pick up right towards the end there with about 80 laps completed. Um, and we saw the big one. Uh, Tommy Neal and Amber Lynn... They got into it. Uh, Tommy Neal's tire cut down, and uh, it caused Amberlynn to go careening into the wall. Tommy Neal right next to her. So that was not a lot of fun for either of those drivers. Both of their nights are pretty much finished at that point. Uh, They did. Both of those cars were able to finish, the two car and the 21 car. Luckily, they were able to get around, but neither driver were happy. But I think they both realized that it wasn't necessarily one or the other's fault in that accident. So, And funnily enough, it happened right next to me. It was fun. You could smell the burn of those tires for the next 10 laps, more so than you can normally at the racetrack. So that was pretty fun uh, right around turn two and turn um, right between one, turn one and two. And that was that was probably what I think what a lot of people expected to be, Brett. I expected people to think, oh, that's going to be the big one, right? You know, everybody said, oh, that's going to be it. Right, right. And they were dead wrong. Later on... Towards the end of the race, 
um, well, people started getting pretty desperate. And Justin Taylor, he was pretty much right there. He was he it was his race to win. Um, he was right there. He had no business not winning that race. But I think Spencer Martin got a little bit desperate, and um, he just he dove a little deep. And uh, Justin Taylor in that Carolina Thunderbirds car, he ended up getting loose, and he spun, and his car was totaled. It was, his car was trash. So they go to yellow flag. Uh, Justin Taylor is able to move on his own power, and um, he goes diving up, weaving in between all sorts of traffic under yellow flag, and absolutely destroys um, Spencer Martin's car. What I love about this racetrack, there's no, there's no holds barred. I mean, it, it's, it's what makes Saturday night short track racing at Bowman Gray so much fun is that these guys care so much about each and every one of these races because it's, it's their livelihood. And when they feel like they get taken out, they have, I'm not going to say the liberty, but there's not a whole lot of other tracks where you have almost free reign to retaliate like that. Right. I mean, most of the tracks would penalize you in some way, but I think Bowman Gray knows exactly the kind of brand that they want to put on. They want to put on real racing, clean racing, competitive racing. But at the end of the day, at a track built the way that Bowman Gray Stadium is. You um, have to have the ability right. to stand up for yourself. You, But you also, you can't avoid it. You know what I mean? Like you can't necessarily always pray to have these these single file line races that nobody's ever exactly. going to watch. They don't not even if Bowman Gray wanted to put on that kind of race, they didn't have they don't have the choice. They would it's have not to not built like that. Right. They'd have to change the track. And obviously Bowman Gray the track surface is not going to be anything more than repaved once every 50 years just to keep it nice and fresh and not turning into dirt again. Um, they're not going to change that track. One, they don't have Atlanta, the option. Atlanta, Atlanta will get repaved twice before Bowman Gray will get repaved once. Absolutely it will. And Atlanta is historically bad at getting repaved. So that's kind of the whole thing with that one. Bowman Gray racing, there is a certain level of of lack of, um, of carelessness that might come into play. But at the end of the day, these drivers are trying. Absolutely. They don't want to get into a wreck because at the end of the day, their car is just as fragile as the next guy's car. They don't want to start throwing crap around until they feel like they have to. Okay, nobody who's running really fast, really clean, having a really good night going around the stadium, nobody wants to start wrecking then. But the second you piss one of these guys off, well, they're going to retaliate. Well, I just got this new sponsor. I'm going to be able to put my car back together in no time. But you want to get crappy with me and, you know, that's the kind of mentality that some of these guys are going to have, especially in your higher divisions. But that's why I like sportsmen. That's why I like it. It's because with sportsmen, you can bump into each other, but your car can keep going. With modified, the second you bump into each other, it's an open-wheel race car. They're just going to spin out. Tires are the only thing that was affected. You might get a flat spot on the tire. You try and run the extra laps. You cut down. You get the You know, the, uh, modified is great. I love modified. In fact, I grew up with the son of Brad's Golf Cars Modified Series. Trust me when I tell you I love the Modified, but Sportsman to me has that raw passion that got me into racing. Um, I grew up watching late Ronald race cars, so to me the Modified 100 ended up being my favorite race that I've seen this entire season. And I know that's crazy. We've had some of the best races in Bowman Gray history right here in 2021. And, I, and it's not just me saying that. It's 30-year Bowman Gray Stadium veteran Randy Pettit saying that. He said that last week on the show. So I'm not the only one who's crazy enough to think that we've had some really, really good races. But let's get back to that Modified 100. Or excuse me, the uh, uh, Sportsman 100. Zach Clifton was able to actually get away with the win. Zach Clifton in the 81 car, it was really good for him, especially in the point standings. And that was able to put these guys in a position where they can maybe feel like, oh, well, maybe I'm not out of it just yet. Unfortunately... They are very far back in the point standings. Um, they are 15th in the sportsman division right now. They've got a long way to go. Uh, I'd say a championship fight is all but done. They've got 140 points um, on the season, which is more than 200 points behind number one position in Tommy Neal. And we are going to get to the points in all four series in just a bit. But 
that's exactly the kind of racing I'd like. That's exactly why I love coming and seeing Sportsman Stock or Sportsman. Lord have mercy. I'm throwing around all the. I'm just gonna. It's gonna be the modified Sportsman Stadium stock one day. That's what I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call that on air. And just jumble it all together. You know what? I think we should do it, Brett. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go talk to our guys at Bowman Gray and just put all the cars out there on once 500 lap race. That's what we're gonna get. Um, Christ Almighty, those modified cars would eat every other <laughs> division alive. Hey, that'd be awesome, though. I would it love would to see awesome. that. And it, it was funny. It's like last week I was talking to Randy, and he says, "I wish people understood. It's hard for them to 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 realize the way the modified cars are compared." And Randy said this. He said, not only are the modified cars the second lightest cars out there, obviously the only thing lighter is stadium stock because those things are basically little dune buggies, but they, they're, the, they're one of the lightest cars out there, okay? And the reason they're not the lightest is because they have these ginormous engines in them. But those ginormous engines in them put out the most power. And Randy was telling me about how he's talking, or he's, we were talking about how he's driven these cars, something that I've been working on the process of getting myself into one of these cars, so I really know what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, that is going to be a very long way away. I do have connections to be able to maybe put myself in a late model race car and put laps down. Uh, unfortunately, that is something I won't be able to do this summer. We'll have to see if that will come to fruition. And if we do, I promise you guys, you will get extensive coverage on your host of the Pit Stop driving a late model car. We'll see. Anyways, they put out all this power. They weigh almost nothing, but they have these big fat open wheel tires. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I know I'm very critical of the modified series, but I think your most talented drivers are going to be in the modified series. So when we talk about all that, I do think that those modified, and this is, it's funny, this is a tangent, but this is some of the best stuff we've talked about Bowman Gray. I do think the modified cars would eat them alive, but I'll say this, and this is something Randy and I have talked about, and this is something he actually literally said at the racetrack to the fans, was that the Sportsman Series at any other racetrack in the country would be the Premier Series. Bowman Gray, plain and simply, has so much entertainment and so much competition in all of the divisions, it's only overlooked because there's something that's that much better. And for the Moment Gray fans, for the modified fans, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you guys enjoyed. I love it. But there's got to be a fan of something else. There's always got to be somebody who's going to be contrarian in this one. But anyways, last thing on that modified race. Excuse me, on that sportsman race. I think Justin Taylor is going to come back um, and he's going to be swinging. There's going to be a lot of crazy events that are going to be coming, especially as these championship races are coming to an end, and, and a lot of these guys are trying to put themselves in position to really just kind of run away with it. But I don't think Justin Taylor's done. I think he's really mad. He's had a pretty decent car these past couple of weeks, not better than others. Um, there have been some faster sportsman cars, but I think if you're Justin Taylor, you still feel like this championship fight is something that you can compete in. And uh, you're pretty pissed off that you had a whole race taken away from you. Anyways, moving on, let's get into the two modified series races. In the first race, it was a 25-lapper. Tim Brown was able to get away with the win. Um, I'm not going to lie. This one was very entertaining if you're a Tim Brown fan. Um, he started on pole, was able to hold off and win. Um, there wasn't a lot of jostling around with Tim Brown in the mix. I'm not going to lie. His car was not just kind of good. It was incredibly good. That 83 car literally just kind of started almost lapping people at a certain point. But I think that's what you're going to expect when you have the best driver and the best modified car. And he starts up front. That's kind of what happens. Um, and yes, I did say that. Tim Brown, best driver and modified. Unfortunately, that's just the way I feel right now. If Burt Myers goes on a run, I'll say he's the best driver. I don't have a fan. Um, Favorite between those two? I do have a favorite modified driver, um, and that's John Holloman, actually. So um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm a big hater of one or the other. I'm actually one of those very few people that says if I had to hate one, I'd probably hate the other. But I love them because they're both good for modified. Anyways, Tim Brown finishes first, just in front of Burt Myers, only a few car lengths ahead. And then a little bit far back was Brandon Ward in the four car. He used to be able to finish third. And then finishing fourth, and the 69 car was John Holloman. There was a bit of jostling between Brandon Ward and John Holloman. John Holloman getting Brandon Ward pretty loose um, about halfway through the race. 
In fact, I'm not going to lie, if these cars didn't have nearly as much grip as they do, they probably would have sent themselves into the wall and done quite a bit of damage to these cars. Luckily, they were able to come out unscathed, go in from turn one all the way into turn two, all that jostling and bumping around, but they were able to come out and um, get down the back stretch without any issues, but it did leave quite a bit of smoke. And I'm not going to lie, I did think that someone was going to be pissed off at the other, but I do think that after they got down the back stretch, both of them had a decent little bit of consideration. I don't think it was either driver's fault in that situation. And John Holloman didn't really get too close. I think he actually tried to race him a little bit cleaner after that fact to uh, kind of say, hey, look, I didn't mean to do that. Um, let's just see if we can finish this race. Let's race our own race and let's not worry about each other, which is exactly the kind of mutual respect that I expect from these um, these talented drivers, these guys who are going to be up front most of the time in the modified series races. Um, later down, they were able to get that second modified race in, and Danny Bone was able to actually win that one in the 65 car. That one was something uh, really to watch. He he really seemed to be able to come away with it. I didn't necessarily expect him to win it, even though he did start pretty high up. But it was a race uh, that I think if you were a fan of these competitive guys, the only guy that I would say really um, was able to fight all the way back up was uh, Brandon Ward, who was able to come back and finish third again in the second race. It's good for consistency and pretty much nothing else because obviously in the modified, a win is a win and nothing else is nothing else. Anyways, a little bit more racing to talk about. One more race that I want to get in before we go to break is the street stock race. Just a teeny little 20-lapper race um, on July 24th, Saturday. Brian Wall was able to get away with the win in the 22 car, but I'm not going to lie to you guys. This was one that you had to be there to see. It was pretty close the entire time. No car necessarily was fighting the other, but those street stock cars are very competitive and very they, they take themselves very seriously. I'd say that we have to necessarily give them that benefit of the doubt. They did run first, so not everybody had finished packing into the stadium at that point once that race got going, but I assure you that one was not one to miss. Anyways, Brian Wall taking the win in the street stock race. Anyways, coming up, on the other side of the pit stop, we're going to go over the point standings and not just your big four divisions, but the Cup Series as well. Next on the pit stop. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no appointment needed quick lube shop. Check out their thousands of five star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and auto repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamRetire.com. This should be played at high volume. Dicker's blocking his teammate. White flag this time. One to go. He's got to block two teammates to win it though. Welcome back to the Pit Stop Parents Back Radio.com. The Madhouse was a pretty crazy rockin' stadium on Saturday night. That one was probably one of my favorite weekends we've had so far at Bowman Gray Stadium. And I'm not going to lie, of course, everyone on the show knows this by now. I like the Sportsman Series. That's my favorite series. So when we get to see a 100-lap race at the Sportsman Series, of course I'm going to be tuning in, and of course I'm going to paying a little bit more attention. But for those who are modified guys, right, for those who prefer the modified guys or gals who tell me modified is better, I've had people tell me at the track modified is better, do you really want to tell me after what we had on Saturday night are you still thinking modified is better? I don't think so. We haven't had nearly as much action um, in these past couple weeks with these modified races. And yes, we did get some pretty crazy events in the modified series about a month ago. And I understand that with the car going up over the railing. And that's pretty insane, but that's also not very safe, right? So necessarily, um, 
unsafe driving is not necessarily fun driving. Now, that was cool. Nobody got hurt, so we're going to move on from that. It's not something we need to worry about, but that Sportsman 100 was great. It was it was an incredibly um, impressive race from, from the start all the way to the finish, even though we saw what I would say for the long time, uh, Justin Taylor was just kind of holding on there. He was just trying to chill, and he was just kind of sitting there um, for as long as he possibly could, which... Obviously, he did a pretty decent job of it. Um, in fact, that's color, uh, colors, color's Edge Sportsman 100 actually ended up being 113 laps due to a whole bunch of mess that happened, especially right towards the end there. But let's just go ahead and let's get into breaking down this race, right? So we started off, it was Tommy Neal, right, in second row, right alongside, I'd say, one of the most qualified guys to be right up front anyways, um, Spencer Martin and Tommy Neal just right up there, right up front, ready to go. And I think they even had a false restart, if I remember correctly. They had to go again. Or no, excuse me. That was that was the modified series. We actually saw that twice in the modified series. And at first, they shuffled around. They were able to get into that line drive and just keep going and, and single file lines trying to pass each other. And we did see some positions lost and some positions gained by different drivers and things like that. Amber Lynn was able to cut through the field uh, quite a bit there. But the action really started to pick up right towards the end there with about 80 laps completed. Um, and we saw the big one. Uh, Tommy Neal and Amber Lynn they got into it. Uh, Tommy Neal's tire cut down, and uh, it caused Amberlynn to go careening into the wall. Tommy Neal right next to her. So that was not a lot of fun for either of those drivers. Both of their nights are pretty much finished at that point. Uh, they did. Both of those cars were able to finish, the two car and the 21 car. Luckily, they were able to get around, but neither driver were happy. But I think they both realized that it wasn't necessarily one or the other's fault in that accident. So, And it, funnily enough, it happened right next to me. It was fun. You could smell the burn of those tires for the next 10 laps, more so than you can normally at the racetrack. So that was pretty fun uh, right around turn two and turn um, right between one, turn one and two. And that was that was probably what I think what a lot of people expected to be, Brett. I expected people to think, oh, that's going to be the big one, right? You know, everybody said, oh, that's going to be it. Right, right. And they were dead wrong. Later on... Towards the end of the race, um, well, people started getting pretty desperate. And Justin Taylor, he was pretty much right there. He was he It was his race to win. Um, he was right there. He had no business not winning that race. But I think Spencer Martin got a little bit desperate, and um, he just he dove a little deep. And uh, Justin Taylor in that Carolina Thunderbirds car, he ended up getting loose and... He spun, and his car was totaled. It was, his car was trash. So they go to yellow flag. Uh, Justin Taylor is able to move on his own power, and um, he goes diving up, weaving in between all sorts of traffic under yellow flag and absolutely destroys um, Spencer Martin's car. What I love about this racetrack, there's no there's no holds barred. I mean, it it's, it's what makes Saturday night short track racing at Bowman Gray so much fun is that these guys care so much about each and every one of these races because it's it's their livelihood. And when they feel like they get taken out, they have, I'm not going to say the liberty, but there's not a whole lot of other tracks where you have almost free reign to retaliate like that. Right. I mean, most of the tracks would penalize you in some way, but I think Bowman Gray knows exactly the kind of brand that they want to put on. They want to put on real racing, clean racing, competitive racing. But at the end of the day, at a track built the way that Bowman Gray Stadium is, you um, have to have the ability right. to stand up for yourself. You, but you also you can't avoid it. You know what I mean? Like you can't necessarily always pray to have these these single file line races that nobody's ever exactly. going to watch. They don't not even if Bowman Gray wanted to put on that kind of race, they didn't have they don't have the choice. They would have it's to, not built like that, right? They'd have to change the track. And obviously, Bowman Gray, the track surface is not going to be anything more than repaved once every fifty years, just to keep it nice and fresh and not turning into dirt again. Um, they're not going to change that track. One, they don't have Atlanta. The Atlanta, Atlanta will get repaved twice before Bowman Gray will get repaved once. 
absolutely it will. And Atlanta is historically bad at getting repaved. So that's kind of the whole thing with that one. Bowman Gray racing, there is a certain level of of lack of um, of carelessness that might come into play. But at the end of the day, these drivers are trying. Absolutely. They don't want to get into a wreck because at the end of the day, their car is just as fragile as the next guy's car. They don't want to start throwing crap around until they feel like they have to. Okay, nobody who's running really fast, really clean, having a really good night going around the stadium, nobody wants to start wrecking then. But the second you piss one of these guys off, well, they're going to retaliate. Well, I just got this new sponsor. I'm going to be able to put my car back together in no time. But you want to get crappy with me and, you know, that's the kind of mentality that some of these guys are going to have, especially in your higher divisions. But that's why I like sportsmen. That's why I like it. It's because with sportsmen, you can bump into each other, but your car can keep going. With modified, the second you bump into each other, you to open wheel race car, they're just going to spin out. Tires are the only thing that was affected. You might get a flat spot on the tire. You try and run the extra laps. You cut down. You get the, you know, the uh, modified is great. I love modified. In fact, I grew up with the son of Brad's Golf Cars Modified Series. Trust me when I tell you I love the Modified, but Sportsman to me has that raw passion that got me into racing. Um, I grew up watching late model race cars, so to me the Modified 100 ended up being my favorite race that I've seen this entire season. And I know that's crazy. We've had some of the best races in Bowman Gray history right here in 2021. And I and it's not just me saying that. It's 30-year Bowman Gray Stadium veteran Randy Pettit saying that. He said that last week on the show. So I'm not the only one who's crazy enough to think that we've had some really, really good races. But let's get back to that Modified 100. Or excuse me, the uh, uh, Sportsman 100. Zach Clifton was able to actually get away with the win. Zach Clifton in the 81 car, it was really good for him, especially in the point standings. And that was able to put these guys in a position where they can maybe feel like, oh, well, maybe I'm not out of it just yet. Unfortunately... They are very far back in the point standings. Um, They are 15th in the sportsman division right now. They've got a long way to go. Uh, I'd say a championship fight is all but done. They've got 140 points um, on the season, which is more than 200 points behind number one position in Tommy Neal. And we are going to get to the points in all four series in just a bit. That's exactly the kind of racing I'd like. That's exactly why I love coming and seeing Sportsman Stock or Sportsman. Lord have mercy. I'm throwing around all the. I'm just going to. It's going to be the modified Sportsman Stadium stock one day. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call that on air and just jumble it all together. You know what? I think we should do it, Brett. I'm going to go. I'm going to go talk to our guys at Bowman Gray and just put all the cars out there on once 500 lap race. That's what we're going to get. Um, Christ Almighty, those modified cars would eat every other <laughs> division alive. Hey, that'd be awesome, though. I would it love would to see awesome. that. And it, it was funny. It's like last week I was talking to Randy, and he says, I wish people understood. It's hard for them to, to, to realize the way the modified cars are compared. And Randy said this. He said, not only are the modified cars the second lightest cars out there, obviously the only thing lighter is stadium stock because those things are basically little dune buggies. But they, they're, the, they're one of the lightest cars out there, okay? And the reason they're not the lightest is because they have these ginormous engines in them. But those ginormous engines in them put out the most power. And Randy was telling me about how he's talking, or he's, we were talking about how he's driven these cars, something that I've been working on the process of getting myself into one of these cars, so I really know what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, that is going to be a very long way away. I do have connections to be able to maybe put myself in a late model race car and put laps down. Uh, Unfortunately, that is something I won't be able to do this summer. We'll have to see if that will come to fruition, and if we do, I promise you guys, you will get extensive coverage on your host of the pit stop driving a late model car. We'll see. Anyways, they put out all this power. They weigh almost nothing, but they have these big, fat, open-wheel tires. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I know I'm very critical of the Modified Series, but I think your most talented drivers are going to be in the Modified Series. So when we talk about all that, I do think that those Modified... And this is, it's funny. This is a tangent, but this is some of the best stuff we've talked about, Bowman Gray. I do think the Modified cars would eat them alive, but I'll say this. And this is something Randy and I have talked about, and this is something he actually literally said at the racetrack to the fans 
was that the Sportsman Series at any other racetrack in the country would be the premier series. Bowman Gray, plain and simply, has so much entertainment and so much competition in all of the divisions, it's only overlooked because there's something that's that much better. And for the Bowman Gray fans, for the modified fans, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I love it. But there's got to be a fan of something else. There's always got to be somebody who's going to be contrarian in this one. But anyways, last thing on that modified race. Excuse me, on that sportsman race. I think Justin Taylor is going to come back, um, and he's going to be swinging. There's going to be a lot of crazy events that are going to be coming, especially as these championship races are coming to an end, and, and a lot of these guys are trying to put themselves in position to really just kind of run away with it. But I don't think Justin Taylor's done. I think he's really mad. He's had a pretty decent car these past couple of weeks, not better than others. Um, there have been some faster sportsman cars, but I think if you're Justin Taylor, you still feel like this championship fight is something that you can compete in. And uh, you're pretty pissed off that you had a whole race taken away from you. Anyways, moving on, let's get into the two modified series races. In the first race, it was a 25-lapper. Tim Brown was able to get away with the win. Um, I'm not going to lie. This one was very entertaining if you're a Tim Brown fan. Um, He started on pole, was able to hold off and win. Um, There wasn't a lot of jostling around with Tim Brown in the mix. I'm not going to lie. His car was not just kind of good. It was incredibly good. That 83 car literally just kind of started almost lapping people at a certain point. But I think that's what you're going to expect when you have the best driver and the best modified car. And he starts up front. That's kind of what happens. Um, And yes, I did say that. Tim Brown, best driver and modified. Unfortunately, that's just the way I feel right now. If Burt Myers goes on a run, I'll say he's the best driver. I don't have a fan. Um... Favorite between those two? I do have a favorite modified driver, um, and that's John Holloman, actually. So um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm a big hater of one or the other. I'm actually one of those very few people that says if I had to hate one, I'd probably hate the other. But I love them because they're both good for modified. Anyways, Tim Brown finishes first, just in front of Burt Myers, only a few car lengths ahead. And then a little bit far back was Brandon Ward in the four car. He used to be able to finish third. And then finishing fourth, and the 69 car was John Holloman. There was a bit of jostling between Brandon Ward and John Holloman. John Holloman getting Brandon Ward pretty loose um, about halfway through the race. In fact, I'm not going to lie. If these cars didn't have nearly as much grip as they do, they probably would have sent themselves into the wall and done quite a bit of damage to these cars. Luckily, they were able to come out unscathed, go in from turn one all the way into turn two, all that jostling and bumping around, but they were able to come out and... Um, get down the back stretch without any issues, but it did leave quite a bit of smoke. And I'm not going to lie, I did think that someone was going to be pissed off at the other, but I do think that after they got down the back stretch, both of them had a decent little bit of consideration. I don't think it was either driver's fault in that situation. And John Holloman didn't really get too close. I think he actually tried to race him a little bit cleaner after that fact to uh, kind of say, hey, look, I didn't mean to do that. Um, let's just see if we can finish this race. Let's race our own race and let's not worry about each other, which is exactly the kind of mutual respect that I expect from these, um, these talented drivers. These guys are going to be up front most of the time in the modified series races. Um, later down, they were able to get that second modified race in and Danny Bowen was able to actually win that one in the 65 car. That one was something, uh, really to watch. He, he really seemed to be able to come away with it. I didn't necessarily expect him to win it, even though he did start pretty high up. But it was a race uh, that I think if you were a fan of these competitive guys, the only guy that I would say really um, was able to fight all the way back up was uh, Brandon Ward, who was able to come back and finish third again in the second race. It's good for consistency and pretty much nothing else because obviously in the modified, a win is a win and nothing else is nothing else. Anyways, a little bit more racing to talk about. One more race that I want to get in before we go to break is the street stock race. Just a teeny little 20-lapper race um, on July 24th, Saturday. Brian Wall was able to get away with the win in the 22 car, but I'm not going to lie to you guys. This was one that you had to be there to see. It was pretty close the entire time. No car necessarily was fighting the other, but those street stock cars are very competitive and very they, they take themselves very seriously. I'd say that we have to necessarily give them that benefit of the doubt. They did run first, so not everybody had finished packing into the stadium at that point once that race got going, but I assure you that one was not one to miss. 
Anyways, Brian Wall taking the win in the street stock race. Anyways, coming up on the other side of the pit stop, we're going to go over the point standings and not just your big four divisions, but the Cup Series as well. Next on the pit stop. The specials never stop at Blue Naples Pizza, an Italian restaurant. Every day, you get a large two-topping pizza for only $11.99. On Sunday, watch football and enjoy our large one-topping pizza and 10 wings for only $17.99. Plus lunch specials every day of the week. Blue Naples Pizza and Italian Restaurant, 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Welcome back to the Pit Stop Current Tobacco Road Sports Radio, and we've got some point standings to do on the back. That we do. Absolutely, and it's been a pretty close battle among most of these divisions and among most of these drivers because, well, among us, these drivers are very competitive, just like you, just like I, just like everybody else in our industry, right? We're very competitive. We're always going to be fighting for everything, but these drivers... Um, are something to behold because I promise you there is no more competitive and let me say this, no more raw talent in any sort of championship race that I've been able to witness all year. Uh, I've been watching every sort of racing you can imagine and I haven't been pleased with all these other divisions, um, whether it be the NASCAR, Formula One, Indy, whatever. Um, Literally anything that has four wheels, I've been watching it. I haven't been as pleased as the Modified Series and as the other series at Bowman Grace. So it's nice to know that pretty much some of the best racing you can witness in the world is right in Winston. So right now we're going to go over the top 10 in every division. At 10th place in the Modified Series in the 79 car is going to be James Savali with 230 points. Up next in 9th place is going to be Chris Fleming with 272 points. Quite a big margin. Uh, and the eighth place is going to be in the 69 car, my guy, John Holloman, with 286 points. In seventh spot is going to be the 65 car of Danny Bone with 302 points. In the sixth position, in that number four car, everybody knows him, everybody either loves him or hates him, is Brandon Ward at 310 points. By the way, very underrated driver at Bowman Gray. I, I, I know a lot of people are, are a Tim Brown fan, a Myers fan. Brandon Ward... Great guy, great driver. I don't care what you say. I think he's a great guy. Anyways, he's also a supreme talent on the track. Anyways, in the fifth spot in that four car is going to be Jason Myers with 314 points. In fourth spot with 200, or excuse me, with 320 points is going to be Jonathan Brown in the 22 car. Um, and then we get into that top three, that podium position spot, right? In third is going to be the 75 car of Lee Jeffries with 322 points. I think it's in, it, it's subverting expectations, the, uh, the kind of season he's been putting on for himself this year. And then the top two, the big dogs in the modified series with just 10 points difference in second place. But in the number one car, it's going to be Burt Myers with 346 points. And in first, we have Tim Brown with 356 points. Brett. What's your take on this extremely close modified battle? Well, it seems like it is every year, right? And this year is no different, especially when you had to take an entire year off. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I I haven't been to the track yet. Um, I plan on changing that soon. Uh, but this is always, always, always a competitive field and a competitive points race right up until the last week. It doesn't seem like any year anybody seems to run away with this, but this year especially, it seems like it's not just Tim Brown versus the Myers brothers, that there there are other guys that are coming behind them and ahead of them now um, that are not, not just making this a two-way battle like it's been the past couple of years. Absolutely, absolutely, and and. and- in this season, I think you have to realize that with 2020 being a, a, a nullified season, you had so many drivers who worked on the car almost all year, literally tinkering with it, wrenching on it. They probably got it as good as they could and then ended up getting unsatisfied. 
much like my uncle used to do, I would say there'd be a certain point where he'd get it to a really good race car and then he'd convince himself he needs to do more and probably make it even slower. Um, and that just happens sometimes when you're wrenching on your race car, but they had an entire year to prepare these race cars. They were not joking. Uh, a lot of drivers went up and did stuff that they could in other divisions and, and, and you and I even were able to make it out to a speedway and they were running as much as they could in the year 2020, but it wasn't a lost year because we're getting just, I think, double the action in 2021. So if you look at it that way, I don't think we lost that year. We just piled on into 2021. And uh, there's a lot of things that were, uh, I guess, you could say, pent up right. uh, competitiveness, aggression, right. all that sort of stuff that that that's being channeled the way it is now. That, in a lot of ways, that is even the playing field. Absolutely. That's the you could not put it better than that. It's evening the playing field, and I'm not going to lie. I think that is going to carry into 2022. I think some of this action, some of this this raw energy that came from a lack of racing, is still going to carry into 2022 because we have a shortened season this year. Anyways, let's get into the points for your sportsman division. In tenth in the zero three car, one of my favorite names in all of Bowman Gray is going to be Sterling Plemons with 256 points. Ninth is going to be in the 08 car is Jacob Creed with 268 points. Eighth is going to be the 38 car, that yellow and green car, unfortunately was not able to finish last Saturday, is Mitch Gales, 276 points. Tied for sixth is going to be Spencer Martin with 303 points and Justin Taylor with 303 points. And I think looking at the context of, of, of what ended up happening, these two guys butting heads and what ended up happening is they're right now at a, at a, at a neck-and-neck race. And I think it's very funny that you, given the circumstances of what happened on Saturday, they ended up right next to each other. Anyways, fifth in the 19 car with 304 points is going to be your boy Michael Adams. Fourth in the 92 car is Kyle Southern with 311 points. And then, then it starts to gap out. It starts to get pretty far away. Third in the famous two car is going to be Amberlynn, friend of the show, with 328 points. Second in the 55 car is Zach Ory with 334 points. That's a pretty close margin, I'd say. But I definitely think Amberlynn will end up uh, leapfrogging that position. I definitely think she'll be able to fight and finish second. Now, as for catching Tommy Neal, also friend of the show, uh, that's a hard one. That's definitely a gap that I think he's put himself in position with consistent finishes. Um, I think he wishes he could have won a little bit more than he has this year, but still, he's first in the points, and I, at the end of the day, finishing first in the points is all that matters, is that 21 car Tommy Neal with 343 points. Next, quickly, we're going to run through the other two divisions, the John Barrow Street Stock, Tenth is going to be Austin Harris with 250 points. Ninth is Nate Gregg with 272 points. Up next is eighth position is Brian Wall, last week's winner, with 282 points. In the seventh spot is the 99 car, Brian Sykes, with 288 points. In sixth is 40, Taylor Robbins, 296 points. Fifth place is going to be 97 car of Jeremy Warren with 304 points. And then fourth is David Creed, very familiar name, 314 points. And then one of my favorite names in Bowman Gray, I know I already just said that in last points, but Gerald Robertson Jr. in the 69 car, 318 points. Brett, I think it's pretty obvious why I like that name. I wonder why. <laughs> For those who are uninformed, uh, Gerald Robertson is, uh, is the same name as a basketball player. Anyways, in second... It's going to be Christian Joyce, 324 points. And in first is the 98 car of Billy Gregg with 336 points. Now let's get to the stadium stock, right? Seems that about 1,000 people have reign in this division. Uh, on Bowman Graves' website, which is where I pull all of my points data from, uh, that seems that 45 people have ran in the stadium stock which means 45 people are running for a championship because the way it works at Bowman Gray is if you run a single race, you're running for a championship. And somehow, some way, if you uh, <laughs> run half the season, then you could win the championship. So that's kind of how it works at Bowman Gray, and that's exactly how it should work in all the racing d divisions, but that's not my business. Anyways, let's talk about the top 10 in stadium stock. 
In 10th position in the 24 car is going to be A.J. Sanders with 270 points. In the 9th position is going to be the 12 car of Levi Holt with 286 points. Then we've got Wyatt Sapp with 300 points exactly in that 46 car. That's good for 8th in the points. In the 7th position, we've got 31 car of Kyler Staley with 302 points. Then Austin Cates is up next in 6th with that 27 car, which has netted him 318 points. Then we've got the top 5. Luke Smith in the 80 car has been doing, I'd say, reasonably well in the stadium stock, especially for a division that has been, I mean, really hard to to have consistent, strong finishes uh, like we've seen. 342 points goes to him uh, currently in the season. In fourth, we've got Robert Stramiska with 352 points in that famous 90 car. And then in third, the 81 car of Chuck Wall, 354 points. And then in second, Grayson Keaton with 356 points. And then what is by far the closest championship race at Bowman Gray, Brandon Brendel with 358 points in the nine car, which means from the fourth position to the first position, there is a two-point interval per driver. So we have Robert Stramiska, 352, Chuck Wall, 354, Grayson Keaton, 356. Brandon Brendel, 358. Meaning, these drivers, at any moment, that in top four could shuffle in no time. In fifth, we have Luke Smith with 342 points, which is still very, very close. It's a huge gap over Austin Cates, which is up next. But that top four, I want you guys to keep that in mind. Definitely keep that in mind. And partially because of what's coming be coming up next week for Stadium Stock, or excuse me, this week um, for Stadium Stock. I uh, got my schedule mixed up here. And we're going to get to all the rest of the schedule in just a bit, but the Thunder Road Grill Stadium Stock 50, that's the big one for Stadium Stock, all right? For those tiny little cars, 50 laps is a huge, huge race for those guys. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Anyways, we're going to go to break. We've got a little bit more Bowman Gray to talk about. We're going to talk the upcoming races, the upcoming events, and a little bit more next on The Pit Stop. Welcome back to The Pit Stop here on Tobacco Sports Radio. And Brett, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up on the calendar with what we have remaining in the season. Currently, on schedule, they only have four races um, and then on August 28th, we have that rain date uh, put in place. Uh, I don't think we'll be getting any more rain dates uh, being used. Unfortunately, a couple weeks ago, we did get rained out. And then there was some sprinkling last week. So you never know. But hopefully, if everything goes to plan, we'll be able to get these following events up next. And I'm going to go through them real quick. And then, Brett, I want you to tell me about some of your favorites and, and something that you've been looking forward to whenever you come out to the track. Anyways, on July 31st, we'll be getting the Thunder Road Grill Stadium Stock 50. That's the big one for the stadium stock, as mentioned in previous segment. The Twin 25 Lap Modified Races, what a classic. It's something everybody loves. And then Classic Modifieds as well. We're also going to get Sportsman and Street Stock Racing as well, Saturday, July 31st. On August 7th, it's the Fox 8 WGHP 100. That's the big one. That's or that's one of the big ones for the modified. It's going to be in to broadcast that on Fox 8, please. <laughs> I don't think we'll unfortunately get that. You know, we there are television cameras there and they're gathering film, but as and, and, and for a live broadcast, um, I don't necessarily think that'll happen. But I think part of the problem with that, Brett, is that well, they know who they're going to have to get, what what booth they're going to have to build, and that would involve a booth of you, me, and Randy Pettit, but I don't necessarily think Fox 8 can afford that booth. And that's the problem is you do a booth that doesn't involve that three combo, well, you're going to make the fans unhappy. But then you don't do that, or you do do that booth, well, you go bankrupt because you can't afford it. You know, they can't afford the likes of you, me, and Randy Pettit. Yeah, we we, we charge a pretty uh, a hefty fee. For racing for broadcasts? Our, yeah, we do. For our expertise absolutely we don't take we don't take uh, uh we take some pretty pennies for for some race broadcasts uh if you're interested definitely contact us tobacco sports 
Anyways, <laughs> the 100 lap modified race, that's going to be one that I think is a lot of people are going to be coming into. The 100 lap is, seems to be that perfect number for a lot of the modified cars because, well, it's one race. It's 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 double the race um, minimum that these modified are going to be doing with the 225 lappers, which equals 50 laps if you're good at math. Uh, and then oh, they're also going to be doing a demolition derby, sportsman, street stock, and stadium stock. So tons and tons and tons of stuff is going to be packed into the Saturday night, August 7th. August 14th, twin 50-lap modified races, which is an, another weekend where we're going to get 100 laps of modified. That's going to be probably my favorite um, math on that when you count up all the modified. I love to see it's 100 laps, but it's two different races. Plus another demolition derby, back-to-back demolition derbies. Plus we're going to also get racing and sportsmen, street stock, and stadium stock divisions. And then this is truly the big one. The Carolina Farm Credit 150, which is going to be a 150 lap modified race. That is something special. That's special. That's special. That's That's crazy. That's the big one, and that's the one more than any of the other ones I plan on A, being in attendance for, B, being on the edge of my seat for most of because that's the big end. That's the one that's circled on everybody's calendar. That's the one everybody's looking forward to. Not that the other races don't matter or anything like that, but that that's that's the Daytona 500, so to speak. Yeah, for of the Bowman modified. Gray right now. Right, absolutely, it is, and and that might be the deciding factor is that endurance race for the modified drivers. That's the last race of the week or that's the last race of the year for Modified, they might be looking, saying, hey, look, I know the kind of driving I'm going to have to put out. This is an endurance race for those guys. I would not coming into that one looking for beating and banging. I'd look in for raw racing and and driving the best line you can and, and getting out in front and staying out in front because it's a big one. Um, passing is not going to be handed. Um, and But, again, that might be the championship deciding factor, and it likely will considering how close most of these points races are. Then we're also going to get a 40-lap uh, sportsman race, something I've been looking forward to. It'll be the next longest. Actually, as of right now, it'll be the longest uh, sportsman race we'll get for the rest of the year. So obviously that's going to be a good one. Plus racing and street stock and stadium stock. But I'm going to tell you guys this. August 21st, that's not just any old weekend, right? Yeah, we're getting that Carolina Farm Credit 150, of course. We're getting that big sportsman race. But it's also double points week for all divisions. Ding, 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 ding. That is why you have to come out. Obviously, we we, we, we beg and plead for you guys to come out every week, and uh, it seems like it has. It's been no other out. reason for you to come out. Double points week better be it, or we are going to find you. Absolutely. We'll drag you to the track. Um, unfortunately, we'll, I mean, I'd say, I'd say you got to get there early because it will get sold out. I wish people would understand that. It does get sold out. It does, like literally last week. I got there reasonably early, and I still had to park about a mile away. Uh, it happens. Um, but that's kind of the fun of Bowman Gray. You know, you get your steps in, but this is why you come out to this track. You're going to get some local racing, unlike you've ever seen before, in a way that you just simply can't fathom, okay? It is the, the like someone put it to me the other day, it's the Fenway Park of NASCAR. I don't necessarily... That's a perfect way to put it. I don't necessarily agree with the uh, the history of Fenway Park, but that's a that's a baseball discussion that, that yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to reserve that for your show, Brett. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll teach you some more about that. Yeah, yeah but Fenway Park is uh, you know that's a that's a Mickey that's a Mickey ballpark. But anyways, Bowman Gray is definitely not a Mickey racetrack or a Mickey anything. But one last Look, thing: if, if if you don't come to the track, especially right. for the double points or, or the one fifties or anything like that. If we you'll come to a, any of them. We'll find you. We have a very particular set of racing specific skills. We will find you. <laughs> you gonna catch it with a Rav four, Brett? Hey, I have pushed ninety ninety five in that thing before, and it's twenty years old. So yeah, like I said, guys, we will not, find you. That's not Brett holding back. That's the car hitting its max. <laughs> No, that's me pushing it to the floor. That's yeah, as that's, far that's as it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the that's the max. That that reminds me, we were out in uh, Utah, right? We're in my buddy's old 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 suburban. It's like 2001, right? Literally, there were points in which his car floored full speed with all the crap in it, could not hit the minimum speed limit. Swear to God, 
It literally, he'd have to like shift it into overdrive and stuff. Yeah, shove it along like it's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang oh or something. God, it's just chitter chatter like, along. <laughs> yeah, so that, that one, that whole thing was pretty nuts. Um, and, and, and by default, I do drive a, a four-cylinder Mazda, so none of us are out here whipping in the bins, you know what I mean? Like, I'd say, in fact, it, what's funny is in terms of friends of the show who have great cars, the only person I know is my mother who drives a Mustang. Anyways, let's talk a little bit more about real racing for a second. Not me and Brett driving down the canyons of Boone as fast as humanly possible and and trying not to run over Yusuf. Anyways, we've got, in my opinion, what has been a very entertaining tail end of a regular season in the NASCAR Cup Series. The points has been something that has been pretty bleh. Who cares? Who cares about the stadium? or the standings, um, I do. That's who does, right? Race wins uh, obviously matter a far lot more in NASCAR Cup Series than it does in other divisions um, because that's what's going to get you in. And, and, and as we'll see, the 23rd best driver um, has one win, and that's going to be good to get him in to the playoff. Um, and take that how you'd like to take it. Um, but right now, let's also not forget... The two guys who have three wins, which is second most in the Cup Series, is Martin Truex Jr. and Alex Bowman. So this year has been kind of crazy in terms of all kinds of things that have been unexpected. Anyways, let's go through the points um, real quick. Starting with 23rd, Eric Almarola, because he is in the playoff. Eric Almarola is going to be 23rd. Not a comfortable thing at all, but that win at New Hampshire is going to be enough, and that's all it takes, and that's going to be able to get him in. Then we've got the Mexican Daniel Suarez, 22nd, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 21st, Bubba Wallace, 20th, which has been a pretty poor season for him, not running as strong as I, I think he should be. Um, it's a good car. Now you've got to get the talent. You've got to get the skills. You've got to be able to get the racing line down. And you've got to be able to put better laps in. This is the best car he's ever had. Um, it's a Joe Gibbs car, essentially. Um, it's a fast car. It's an extremely fast car. We'll be able to get the wins in, okay? Uh, even Christopher Bell's been able to get a win in the Joe Gibbs car already. So where that is going to be, I don't know. I can't necessarily speak for him. Um, I'd love to bring him on the show and talk about what's been going on. But he said he was going to try and get two wins this year. And we haven't seen those two wins this year. So um, by my estimation, that's not meeting your own expectations or the fans' expectations. So... Uh, you got a couple more chances to make yourself into the playoff. Uh, I don't see it happening, but um, you better hope that you can come back next year and actually do it right and uh, and, and and win these races. Anyways, 19th is going to be Michael McDowell. Obviously, he's in the playoff uh, as low as you can come with having a respectable season, but you win the Daytona 500 regardless of how it happened. You're going to have that respect. They got a lot of money from that win, so it was able to keep that 34 car running pretty strong. And I'd say, Brett, this has been by far Michael McDowell's best season. Yeah, and and look, regardless, he's in. So as we talked about last week, there there are three spots left. There's three spots left with three three races left, which means they have three different guys with these last three races. Everybody on the bubble that doesn't have a win Every time, the first race back at Watkins Glen, if any of those guys on the bubble win, Dylan, Reddick, DiBenedetto, any of them, that puts the pressure even more on everybody else that's behind them, just like Almirola at New Hampshire put the pressure on those three guys. That's what makes this so fun, and that's what made Daytona's finale so fun last year, is, and I can recall this, they had the playoff bubble on the side of the screen on NBC. You could see it fluctuating throughout the race. I mean, it looked like the stock market going up and down. I mean, that's what makes this format so fun and what makes where these last three races are so fun. You got two road courses, one of which is a Roval, so to speak, in the Indy road course. You got Watkins Glen, the fastest road course on the circuit, and then the fastest track on the circuit, not named Talladega. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, Indy Roval is going to be interesting. Um, it's the first year for that one, so I do expect um, maybe some surprise finishers. But I don't think people realize that Indy Roval is not just any sort of road course. It's it's a bunch of right angles. Um, you and I have run multiple laps on that one in the simulators. And that's 8-5, yes. 
Well, yeah, and I've done it on uh, <laughs> I've done it on a little bit of R Factor as well, just really trying to trying to get a, get a feel for that track. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Can you, can you tell our listeners how many times I missed that first turn and just went straight into the wall? You know what happens? It happens. Okay, um, I think a lot of us got to keep in mind that Indy Road Course is running backwards. So that first, you're going down what was the front stretch with the um, with the grandstands on your left. So everything is a little bit odd. Um, when you're running that indie road course, so it is a little weird. So I don't, I don't blame you on that one. But anyways, let's get, let's get back into that points battle. But that is going to be an extremely fun race. I do think that is going to be the future of the Brickyard, and I really do hope that that can stick. Anyways, in 18th is going to be Ross Chastain. Kind of a bled year, but he's he's higher up than two points winners. So or two race winners. So uh, for that regard, I'd say yeah, keep it going. I don't think necessarily this is the end. Only the beginning because he's a little bit older to have uh, his first real fight in the in the playoffs and in the cups. But with the teams changing over, that's going to be the hard part here. But moving on, in 17th is Matt Benedetto, another Blay year for him. Unfortunately, he uh, doesn't have a ride confirmed next year, friend of the show. But we're all cheering for him here. We like him. Uh, we're big fans of him. But I still think it was a mistake to put it, put him out. But again. That's going to be something that I'm actually going to keep reserved. I try not to usually talk crap about most of these cup teams. Only certain teams get to smoke for me. Um, and Wood Brothers is a team that I do respect enough to, um, well, I'd say restrain myself on air. Uh, Christopher Bell, he has been a guy who I think has been underrated. He got that first win, so he's in, right? And I think that's something that we all forgot about because he was able to win the second race of the season at the Daytona Road Course. But still, a race win is a race win, and I was very impressed by what he was able to do there. 14th is going to be Kurt Busch, obviously. Obviously, he got that race win at Atlanta. The Busch brothers are back in the playoffs, and boy, am I excited. For those who don't know, I am a huge Busch Bush brothers fan. I love their antics. I love that they're absolutely mental, um, especially Kyle. So I'm just a big Toyota guy. I love anybody who's crazy in a Toyota, so that's why I'm a Joe Gibbs fan, because three out of the four drivers are absolutely I mean, Martin Truex is a normal guy, but they're nutcases sometimes. So that's a big fan. That's a big fan. Uh, that's a big fan aspect for them. Anyways, thirteenth, Austin Dillon. He hasn't had a win this year, but it's just been pure consistency. The number three car. I don't want to say is becoming a dominant force again. I I, I don't think Austin Dillon will ever be Dale Earnhardt. Pure, pure consistency for both those RCR cars. Absolutely, because sitting right next to him is Tyler Reddick in the twelfth position. So the RCR cars are something to are something to be reckoned with. And I, I, I think they've positioned themselves to be even stronger going into the next-gen car. I think Hendrick doesn't realize exactly how much of a problem they're going to have on their hands. People have to realize, yes, they wear the same logo on the front of the car, but they don't like each other all that much. They Hendrick, Hendrick has been dominating for a long time now, but RCR has always been independent, and they've always been that next-up Chevy team. And they don't like being sunned. Um, I think that they're going to have a championship battle that's going to... I mean, we could have a championship four that's all Chevy very soon. I don't think that's a controversial take. In fact, if you think I'm wrong, I think you're crazy. Anyways, 11th, friend of the show. In fact, one of the best interviews we've ever had with a cup driver, uh, Alex Bowman. Uh, Brett, you did an awesome job with him. But three wins so far. That's the first guy we've gotten to to have even more than one win. But he's three. I mean, he's got three wins, which is insane to think about because the next guy up with a race win um, in ninth is Brad Kozlowski with just one. So it's weird how consistently inconsistent we've been with Alex Bowman, where three race wins, he even got two in a row um, earlier in the season. But that's, I mean, it's just he needs to do a little bit better in terms of finishing those good positions each and every week. But that's the kind of stuff that it takes a veteran driver out of, right? That's why guys like Kevin Harvick are just above him in the 10th spot without a race win, but you're still higher in the points because you have that veteran mentality. You know exactly what it takes to just keep going, keep that pressure on, not just yourself, but on the entire Cup Series. In ninth is going to be Brad Kozlowski with that one lone race win. And then again, Ryan Blaney in eighth with run lone race win. Seventh, this is where it really starts to heat up, right? This is exactly where I think this is the kind of drivers. I think, in fact, your champion is 
is is is Martin Truex Jr. or higher. I think whoever wins the title is going he's to be. In the, he's in that group. The champion is right. in that group right it's, there. It's seventh or higher right now. And let, let me, I'll just quickly run through these. It's Martin Truex Jr., then Chase Elliott, then Joey Logano in fifth, then Kyle Busch in fourth, then William Byron on in third. By the way, William Byron in third. You guys, we'll get to that in a second. But Kyle Larson in second, and then Denny Hamlin. William Byron in third is the thing that I think we're not talking about enough. And I, I think it's hilarious because I don't think you're talking about it enough, Brett. And you're a William Byron fan. Him sitting Look, in third is is not just kind of cool. It's incredibly cool. It's vastly impressive. It, it's, it's shocking to a lot of people, but it, it's not shocking to me as a fan of him. Per se, because I, I, I knew this would come. And I knew the partnership with Rudy Fugel, despite what people told me. Um, I knew, I knew it would work. I knew in my head, in my heart as a fan that it would work because of their success in the truck series. And you've seen, what was it? Like 11, 12 straight top tens, the win at Homestead. I mean, he's been running consistently all year. The only problem for him up until this year was he could not find that right partnership between him and crew chief. He and Chad Knauss, they hit on some things, but they're, their approaches were a little bit, you know, on different sides of things. These two guys match up so well and mesh so perfectly. That's why you're seeing the success. Also, Hendrick as a whole has improved tenfold with everybody. So there's that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, your your unlikely hero in this one is going to be Denny Hamlin. I, I, I remember Brett last year. I put a lot of pressure on him. This was before this show existed. Um and I said, hey, look, this is your last chance. This is your best chance. And then earlier this season, I put out a YouTube video, said, is 21 going to be the downfall of Denny Hamlin? I, uh, I, I still stand by that. I don't see any race wins on your schedule, my brother. Uh, and for that, I think, it, I think it matters. Early championship predictions, it's a little bit too early for that. But again, I think, and I'm going to run over these drivers one more time right before we end, but... Martin Truex Jr., Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Kyle Larson, and Denny Hamlin. One of those guys is going to be your champion. I just have that feeling. I don't necessarily think we're going to have somebody come out of a surprise winner. But that's seven guys. That's almost half the field. That's over half the field. Um, or excuse me. That's, that's almost half the field in the playoff. Um, that's going to be one that's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting surprised. There's not a surprise winner. There's not some underdogs coming out of it. But it's still going to be a vastly entertaining season. So, Brett, anything to add on that? Totally agree with you on it. Right, absolutely. I, I, I can't imagine these, especially once you get down to like the round of eight, I can't imagine these not being better, vastly better, uh, playoffs in last year, and last year was a pretty strong playoff, in my opinion. Very entertaining, very fun to watch. With that being said, we're going to go to break. We'll see you guys next week on the Pit Stop.